What's up, everybody? Um, welcome to the Simple Dad Podcast, uh, episode three. Uh, I am your host, Quincy Forte, and I am joined by my my fancy co-host, Mr. Ramon of the Urban Advocate. And then today we have a celebrity in the building, um, world-renowned um, mayor of Oak Cliff, uh, Mr. Suave Burgundy on the line. What's up, Suave? Greetings to all of you responsible adults listening with us on today. Uh, I hope this finds you well rested and possibly rejuvenated by the end of this program. <laughs> on your iPhone or Apple product. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so on that, what's going on? Y'all not going to gang up on me. <laughs> no gang activity. It's just, you know, good quality factual data. We are adults. We don't gangbang. We're not going to tag Entirely too old for that. Uh, so what's been up? What's up, CJ? Uh, Ramon, so how, how's, how's life been? You know, I finally got out in these streets for a little bit this past week or whatever. Uh, how was How was it? Uh, it, it was pretty surreal. <laughs> like, because it's been kind of like the first, the longest I had been out the house in the past month and a half or so. So uh, finally getting out and having to put on a mask and everything and seeing everybody else is like, yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird out in these streets. Uh, what, so what about you, Swap? What's been up? How's, how's life been? Not much different than, than how it's been, you know, before. I think I, um, I was telling Ramon not that long ago, like social, social distancing is just the name for how I was living before <laughs> all this started. Like I inter, I interact with people only as necessary. I order stuff online. I have st- I'm curbside. I'm delivery. Like it's not that different, except the fact that you got to watch out for all these other people when you start moving. And now the masks are mandatory, so you just gotta you gotta move a little different. Cause us with mask on, not exactly mm-hmm. the that's not exactly the recipe for success. Right. No, and it's funny. So, uh, like for I mean, I guess it's kind of the same for me. Like it's. I'm so I'm used to like kind of in my neighborhood um, going out and like not I'm just interacting with people and so like the people that like Chick-fil-A or Tum Thumb they all know who I am they're like hey you know you get a different level of service right. um, and so not being able to or not wanting to run to the store back and forth um, and kind of have that interaction be like oh yeah I'm back again what's up you know it's my second time here today um, is the only kind of change but like y'all I'm kind of a recluse anyway amazon's my best friend like they're always in the neighborhood dropping off packages right i grew up shopping in bulk so it was like okay i know how to hit sam's or i had already hit and done my monthly shopping before everything started shutting down so it helped a lot to where everybody started panicking and they start hitting the the warehouse stores and cleaning them out i had already kind of done what i was going to do for the month so it was like oh i see i see a lot of you people weren't taught yeah yeah <laughs> And, you know, like for me, I guess the biggest difference is, you know, I'm I'm a homebody anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm kind of a loner. So, uh, but I guess the biggest difference for me is because, like, of the work that I, that I do in the field that I'm in, I have to get out and be social. And I guess there's a difference between, you know, kind of like staying in because I don't want to go anywhere and staying in because I can't go anywhere. Mm. 
Right. So when I when I actually feel like getting out and being social, now I can't because everybody's at home. So okay, so let's talk about this mask thing real quick. Yeah. Both both y'all wear masks when y'all are out. I've in Dallas. Uh, it's become law. Yeah. Oh, because you're in Dallas, right? Uh, no, I'm out in uh Far Arlington. Okay. So technically, there's still people out here that don't have masks on. Like they're just still moving around. But like Dallas County, you, you got to keep one in the car, like everything else, just in case, because you don't know where you're gonna end up. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I I put mine on when I go inside certain places. Like I went to the gas station earlier today. Like you know what I'm saying, and I just put my mask on then. But then you know, when I go in places where I'm gonna be by myself, like I went to the office today, there's nobody there, so there's no point in wearing a mask. All right, so for me, I kind of have a differing opinion. Like, I, for me, I, I res- like again, we talked about this before. I have this thing where I, I've always respected people's personal space and distance and boundaries. I don't walk right. up on nobody. I'm not a close right. talker. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't wear one, but it's just because I'm observing laws and rules that I've already put into place. I already put that distance. I don't like, I don't lean over counters or Absolutely. any of that. Like, this is how you personally operate <laughs> on a regular basis. The sneeze right. goal is there for a reason. Like, you, you step right. back. Thank you. And, I, and I'm not, like, breathing in with my, a mouth breather or none of that stuff. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, like, I just kind of talk low, point my mouth at the ground to make sure no spit goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I haven't worn a mask. I'll take one with me um, just in case. Uh, but I don't. That's more I, so why I'm at with it. Just take one with me because yeah. I'd rather have it with me. It's, I apply the same logic to masks that I apply to other inanimate objects. It's better to have it with me and <laughs> on it in case I need it than to have left it at home and it not be within reach. But rather better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. <laughs> there it is right there. Uh, okay, okay, so with that, let's talk about this level kind of a paranoia that this whole thing brings. And I don't know, we may have, I don't think we talked about it on um, a podcast yet, but uh, I went to an establishment, a grocer uh, the other day, and I'm walking through the aisles and I'm not really paying attention. I'm kind of like zoning, right? Uh, but I'm thinking about the stuff that I need to grab. And like this lady sneezed and she sneezed. But I was looking in that direction, and but I wasn't looking at her. And so I guess she felt persecuted um, because I heard her say, I have allergies. I have allergies. And I was like, yo, I wasn't even looking at you. Nobody asked you for a qualifier. <laughs> It, it, it certainly has people a lot more. Uh, they're a lot more aware of what they do in public. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people that normally would kind of move um, – obliviously and just do things they're a little more conscious of themselves which is probably going to be a good byproduct going forward mm. but at the same time it's just everybody's on everybody's already sensitive and then yeah. to another level where they're hypersensitive now so it, it just creates a lot of awkwardness for especially when you're out and there are a lot of people because some people have social anxiety right? yeah, yeah. If I, 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 like i got a text from uh uh home logic and he was like man you ever like you you notice how like now when you're out in public and somebody sneezes nobody says bless you everybody scatters to the other side of the building <laughs> like, yeah 
They're particles. I can't be around here. But. <laughs> I think Charlemagne said a cough is like the new like gunshot, the new mass yeah. shooting. Like if you cough in public, like everybody's like, down, get down. Right. That's, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> and then I was going to say, so think about the idea that it's kind of transitioned from uh, – there, there are these things and waves that transition from like where we have, where we focus our, um, our, what do you call that? So we focus our um, kind of, not, not racism, but our sort of bias or whatever, right? And so like mm-hmm. first it was race or it was um, that dude's overweight, that person's overweight, I'm fit, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But now it's like, oh, they're sick. Um, and so now we're all this unified front um, against this, uh the sick population or if you have some sort of ailments and so it's kind of interesting how beliefs and human behavior shifts um depending on the issue at hand mm-hmm. um it's everybody wants to belong to something you know it's mm. like everybody wants to be everybody wants to have their opportunity to sit at the cool kids table whether they say it or not yeah so yeah er- like everybody wants to be like oh i'm not a part of that group like mm. yeah. Oh, there's something wrong with them over there, not me. I'm a fan of who, whatever team is in the league. Like, right. kind of front runner about it. So, oh, I'm right. not sick. I don't have any uh, underlying illness conditions. This doesn't affect me like it affects you guys. But, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we're in this together. Yeah. No, that's true. That's very true. And, and now, uh, with this whole pandemic, it's also interesting how COVID um, has uh, surpassed Jesus in popularity. Um, there's no religious wars or religious battles. Everything is COVID or non-COVID. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite, it's quite interesting. Then, then you see people that kind of use it as, again, trying to find a group to belong to to feel like you're better than another group. They'll, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of, institutions of worship have been uh, closed for the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, it takes those people who don't really buy into religion or don't believe in religion. It's their chance to finger point. Like, if you really believed, you'd still go. Like, I'm covered yeah. in the blood of Jesus. Right. <laughs> no, they're going to cover you with a sheet. <laughs> they're they going to cover you with a sheet and then they're going to zip you in, in a plastic bag. Don't play with these people like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's wild, man. And then also, uh, you know, like I was on Instagram earlier and like apparently like uh, one of the married twin sisters had sent out a tweet talking about uh, something to the effect of like pay attention to the people who who checking on you during this pandemic and everything like that. Like, and somebody had responded to it. They're like, yo, it's a whole, like, it's a pandemic going on. Like, this is the wrong time to be testing somebody's loyalty. Like, you completely narcissistic. I haven't checked in on anybody other than you. Like, I don't call people that I haven't called because I haven't called you before. Why would I call you during a pandemic? (laughs) It's like asking Ja Rule for answers. Let's find out what Ja thinks right now. Where's Ja? Where's Ja? We need answers. Like, yeah, that is some narcissistic stuff. Like, just check on social media for signs of activity. I mean, 
Yeah, that's a little too self-absorbed to be like, man, pay attention to who's checking on you. Like, you don't know what they're dealing with because they right. may be checking on some of their elders who are not in the best position. Like, you got to check. I think it's even more suspect that now, like, all these people are using this thing to be like, oh, now we need to have Zoom meetings, and now I need to check on my grandma, who, like, at first I was, like, not even worried about this before. Right. Like you, you ain't keeping in touch with your grandma before this. Like, right. who raised you? Yeah, yeah. So it's just you have no moral compass. <laughs> and I'm like, I like, I'm one of those people that like, like, I just randomly check in on people anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, like when I hear people, like when I get people that cross my mind, I'm like, yo, let me check in with them, see see how they doing. But like, right. And I mean, and because I was doing that before, I'm doing that now. But it's just like for you to sit there and expect somebody like yo, the world don't re- don't revolve around you, yo. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it doesn't seem so weird when you do it if you've always done it, but now you like, hey, done. hop on the Zoom call with forty other people right. and right. let's let's talk right. over each other for forty minutes. Because right. are you going to keep that same energy once things go back to air quotes normal? Are you still mm-hmm. going to be trying to be unified and make sure you talk to your people on a regular basis? Are you going to video call once a week? Like, no. Everybody's no. Yeah, you no. panicking right now. You just panicking because things are a little weird where you are. And you don't, right. you don't have, you're not comfortable being alone or comfortable right. being isolated. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I, you need human contact to function, which, I mean, it happens. It, you know, it is what it is, but. Yeah, that's it's a little weird too. And and Tinder ain't popping right now, so you can you can't find that quick quick companionship. Yo, I heard I've heard people are doing like uh, virtual dates now. No, you ever seen Demolition Man? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's where that's where some of these people are heading. If you oh, see you- Demolition Man, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I yep. think we're already there. We got fancy Taco Bells that they're building, and now we got. A pandemic that causes you not to be able to have interaction. The only thing we're missing is cryo, uh, cryo prison, which they may be on that because of the virus. They got to freeze all these therapy, so you know what? I need to go back and watch that movie just for kicks, man. And we got black dudes with blonde hair. That part. <laughs> watch Demolition Man, and then right after that, watch Idiocracy, and somewhere in the middle is right where we are right it's now. where we are right now, yeah. It's Young Thug eating Taco Bell. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. All right, so let's get into the topic uh, for today. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, I simple dad and a father of a six-year-old boy um, and now a three-month-old girl and Mr. Schwab is the father of hey I appreciate it uh your daughter is four now right she is three she'll be four at the end of August okay so almost a four-year-old girl um so we both have different experiences um I was um my experience was obviously a boy dad first, um, and then we're blessed with this beautiful baby girl, which um, has been a shock and awe experience all uh, in itself. And so Swab has experienced that first. And so let's talk to you um, kind of about your experience as uh, first transitioning into parenthood, but then um, transitioning into parenthood um, as a girl dad. Like what are the thoughts that you had as soon as you first hold this this sweet angel that can do no wrong. 
time stops. You know, like when you yeah. first when you first hold her and you look at her, and it's like literally time stops, like nothing moves, and you're just locked in on on new life. And it it kind of takes a while for it to settle in, where like you realize like I'm not just a human being anymore. I'm I'm a father. It takes mm-hmm. it took me a little while because everything was moving so fast. But um, even me go, transitioning into knowing I was going to be dead. My father had just passed the uh, January before. So right after he passed, I find, find out I'm going to be a father. Mm. So um, just it was a it was a really um, emotionally tense time and everything. So it was it was a lot of different things and emotions going on. It's like, OK, I'm burying my father. I'm getting married. And now I'm a father to a girl where the whole time I kind of thought I was having a boy, to be perfectly yeah, yeah. honest. Then we found out we're having a girl. It's like, mm, how is this going to work? Yeah. And then for her to get here, and you, you, whatever defense mechanisms you have before you have a girl, they melt they away. Times 10. <laughs> so if, if you're, put it like this, if you're a firearms enthusiast on your own time, it's times 10 when you get, when you become the father of a girl, mm. so like all of my protective nature, like it, it goes, I guess it goes to another level than even what you might um, assign to your wife. Right. Just because you pretty much figured that your wife can handle herself. She can defend herself physically within reason. But when it's a child, it's like, there's a whole different level of concern. Mm. So that's, it, it just heightened all my, you know, protector senses that were, you know, just kind of lying dormant. But um, it's it's been a it's been an experience. It's been a growing experience. Um, she is she's she's me that doesn't take no for an answer. Mm. And that's like, mm. and and, okay. and absolute and absolutely adorable. Right, that part. <laughs> Like yeah, she that part. Did you so, so did you did, did you find the softer side of yourself? Like I mean, because it's kind of a sensitivity that you probably I don't I mean <clears throat> I don't know if you knew that you had that sensitive side, um uh but like it's probably a, a new discovered like a sensitivity at a completely different level. It is. Um you kind of like I have a lot of um women in my family, so it's what's up that? Come on, say hi since we're talking about you. <laughs> hi. Oh, <Mwah>. look at you. <laughs> Go finish eating. I'll be in there in a minute. Close the door. Gracias. So, that type. You see, you see how things change? Right on time, right? Everyone, now you're watching video, you see exactly how I went from like 60 to dial it way back. Then you, it's like that all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a huge, huge level of sensitivity that kicks in. I kind of knew it was there just because of my upbringing and, you know, have so many uh, female members in the family and female friends. So, it's like I already have a a more enlightened way of dealing with women. But then, you know, when she comes along, it's like, you really do, you start thinking about the relationship you want to have with your daughter mm. and what kind of adult she would end up being because of it. Mm-hmm. 
So in previous lines of work of mine, I've seen where <laughs> I've seen where like the the not so great relationship with the father figure has adversely later in life. Yeah, yeah. where they end up. <laughs> so it brings me back to like Chris Rock stand up. I have one job. Yeah. Keep her off the pole. Yes. And that starts with, you know, you know, being sensitive, being receptive, listening, um, you know, just being being there for her for whatever it is she needs without necessarily trying to make everything about me all the time. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure that's an, uh, you know, that's an adjustment, especially for, you know, uh, you know, us as males is like, it's important not only to be there physically, but you have to be there mentally and emotionally in a way that you possibly wouldn't be there for or, or wouldn't consider with a boy, right? Right, because like yeah. you can be in the house but not physically, not, not mentally be locked in or you can be there so she knows like there's a man here or there's right. a father here, but we don't ever interact. Like I, he doesn't play, he doesn't read to me. Right. Um, you know, just doesn't interact with me in a way that would let me know that I'm cared for. Right. And I had the luxury of basically, really, this is my second quarantine. Like when she was born, I yeah. quarantined with her essentially for the first two years. Yeah. You know, so she didn't, we didn't do the whole, you know, we're going to send her off to daycare and not have, and basically have some, her form her bonds with someone else. Like she was mm. with me and I had the, the luxury of being able to, to work flexible hours and do flexible different projects so I could be there for her. Right. right. So, no, I was going to say, for me, it's kind of like I had, um, Obviously, I had the boy first, and so he, <clears throat> I didn't know, like, it was, obviously, I didn't know what I was doing, uh, but, like, the, like the, <laughs> the pivotal moments for me are, like, uh, uh, so, the first diaper change, like, for the boy, I was like, hey, I know what I'm doing, I understand all this hookup, let's, let's well, I know right. what to do, but then the girl, I was like, yo, what is this, I don't, and I'm, like, looking at my wife, like, I, uh, what? This is different. Like I don't, I don't want to break any of this. I don't want to. Do I, I don't have the manual for this. I don't know how this works. First, first couple of months, it was like, okay, mom, you're home, so I'm just gonna watch you until you yeah. get sit, get you know, to a point where I have to take over. But yeah, it was like, at first, it was like, look, I'll hold her. Yeah. Everything else, I'm gonna <laughs> hand her to someone more experienced. I'm glad you said that. Like. You, you, no one has a clue what they're doing no. when they have their first child. I had not the slightest idea. Not even a little bit. Yeah. And you just have to play it by ear. And it's like, it's one of those things like every time uh, she would run a fever, I'd be like, oh my God, we gotta go, do we have to go to the hospital? Like, I, I pan sort of panic, but not really. It's like, you just, you don't know how to deal with this. Like, this isn't a puppy where it, you know, God forbid something happens to the dog, it, you know, well, you just get another dog. You don't have that option here. Yeah. So you got to make sure you, you care for it responsibly. And then that's like, for me, it was hella stressful. Yeah, no, and it's funny because I tell people whenever we were first knew we were going to have Andrew that it was like, well, um, they're like, are you ready to be a dad? And I was like, well, I've, I had a cat for six years. I've kept that alive. So it should be 
like the same, right? And and now um, my uh, my perspective is six years later like they're like you ready to be a dad i was like hey i kept this other one up he's good like he's still <laughs> like he's still kicking so like the second one should be easy but there's a lot that i forgot um on the first go round because it's been six years and so now mm-hmm. um i feel like i'm more present um in this experience now on the second kid and maybe it's because um, it's a different experience because it's a boy first and a girl or maybe it's just second kid thing and I'm in a different place mentally um, and so it's just been interesting um, so what are the things I guess uh, that you hope uh, or I guess kind of the lessons that you and your your wife are um, instilling and implementing um, as a like a girl dad right so you, you talked about not wanting her to end up in a place um that's undesirable like so what what kind of um things or lessons or how are you teaching her in that sense um it has a lot to do with atmosphere and environment um you you don't necessarily take her places that you feel like might compromise her idea of what's right or wrong it's just you have to do better as a person like you gotta be you gotta do growing up if you're not actually grown up all the way already which to be honest, none of us are. You still have growing up to do every day. When you stop, when you lose the need to grow up, you probably lose the need to actually breathe. So um, it's it's um, it's just really pro- helping her process her emotions is the biggest thing. Mm, yep. You know what I'm saying? It's because um, you can you can talk to her, you can teach her words, you can you can. Um, expose her to different music. You can do all the things that make her culturally uh, well-rounded. But the biggest thing is that when she starts to have her own emotions, her own feelings, you listen to them, you help her process them, then you explain what it is that she's feeling or what your interpretation of what she's feeling is. And then you talk to her about it so that she knows, one, there's an open line of communication. Two, whatever it is I'm feeling, whether it be fear, anger, happiness, sadness, that it's okay, and if I process it correctly, then it's comp- it's totally normal, it's completely natural. So that's probably the biggest thing, rather than just saying like, "Oh, I, I taught her how to," um, I taught her how to look both ways before crossing the street, like some specific <laughs> loser thing. Yeah, yeah, no, and then so <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, I uh, the other thing that I noticed that's changed for me, um, kind of especially like I mean, you think of like when you have it's like you start to um the things that you expose yourself to um and you understand how that they put you in a positive or a negative mindset like i mean uh as soon as we had kids it's like we're watching bubble guppies and like all the kid shows and so now i used to be a horror film buff right and so now i'm like eh, that's all that blood really need to happen like you start you know decent you get more sensitive to kind of those things um and especially in music, like, because, like, I'm, like, a, whew, like, I could, used to be able to listen, like, I mean, like, Lil Wayne, all the girls in the world, like, the Cash Money, all the girls in the world, and, like, all those songs, um, and kind of how they put women in that light or whatever, but now I'm just, like, man, like, that's not even, like, now that I have a daughter, especially, I'm, like, yeah, that's not really the move or whatever, I mean, maybe it's age um, and experience, but. I think it's part, I think it's partially age, and then is. Because you don't listen to, you know, music the same as you get older. 
and you don't watch like movies and TV the same as you get older, but then it's also like I have this extra pair of uh eyes and ears that I have to that I have to be protective over. <laughs> so that's just kind of like adds to it. Right. Then it becomes a thing where, you know, if you have that extra set of eyes and ears, like you can either choose to tone down whatever it is you're taking in or be prepared to do a whole lot of explaining. Explaining. And, <laughs> yeah. So you'd rather, you know, you just, you temper it based on that. Like my wife and I like um, shoot movies. movie. We, we like John Wick, but I'm not going to, Oh, we play Mortal Kombat. We play each other in Mortal Kombat all the yeah. time. I'm not going to yeah. do that in front of her because one, there's explaining to do that has to process. Like you can give her the information, then it has to process, and then she has to accept it. You don't know how many days and nights and or bad dreams are going to happen between mm-hmm. them just because of whatever the content was because she saw it and it stuck and it made an impression. Yeah. So... Yeah, you just kind of, you get more um, discerning about whatever content you're going to indulge in when she's around. Um, yeah, you just try to be a little bit more responsible. But at the same time, you don't necessarily want to shelter too much. Yeah. Because at some point, she's going to get some content when you're not there. And that over-sheltering turns into freshman college girls who lose their minds. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> and I and I have experienced that. I used yeah, to play exactly. a lot of those. We, I think all three of us have. Yeah. <laughs> Some and very close friends, others, you know, I used to play songs for them. So what? So uh, I mean that's kind of um the the place kind of where you're talking about where I'm at as well as to where we don't like and like Andrew, like he can hold conversations with adults. Um, oftentimes he doesn't conversate with kids his own age well. Um, even in after school stuff, he he had a fourth grader come to his party, um, and the fourth grade parent was like, uh, "Is that a little weird that you're hanging out with a kindergartner?" But like once you talk to him, he's like, "They're like, oh, well, yeah, he holds like conver- adult conversations, um, so it's legit." Um, and so we're kind of in that same vein to where um, I don't want. Um, either one of my kids going out and seeking validation and information from somebody else. Um, I want to kind of uh, walk them through the journey too, right? I mean, it's kind of, uh, I think it's our duty as you know, parents and, and CJ and Ramon as, as an uncle, right? To be like, hey, let's, um, let's guide them through these experiences um, and through these transitions uh, in life rather than um, sit them down next in front of a video console two rooms over while we selfishly indulge in whatever we want to um, just because we don't want to be bothered, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, luckily, I got to play, I got to do a lot of that as an uncle before I did it as a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my niece is 12 now, so she was stuck to me the same way like my daughter is now. Like They're spitting images of one another, so I got a chance to not necessarily practice, but in a way practice. Cause you know, it's not the, it's not the 24 hour grind that being a dad is like being an uncle is like, Hey, you can pop up, make everything. <laughs> we can go hit the drive through or we can go get whatever it is you want to eat. I can do all the cool stuff when you back home, kick it for a little bit. And then I get to leave and go be that part. Yeah. Get to be unattached. When, that part. 
Yeah, when you're dad, it's like, it's dad from whenever she wakes up, morning daddy, time for some cereal, until mm-hmm. she's fighting like Anderson Silva trying not to go to sleep. Right. So, it, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so I think we only got a little bit of time left for this, so I think we can go ahead and wrap. Um, Suave, man, it's been a pleasure um, having you on. Uh, we Thanks, have to sir. do this again. Uh, we have to do this again. Um, you let me know when I'm down for whenever, whenever you need me. Because we got a whole, um, whole other episode um, kind of in mind uh, with you. Uh, and it's kind of on this topic and, and all that stuff, man. So definitely appreciate having you on. Um, all right. Anytime, anytime. Awesome. All right, Ramon. You good? I'm good, man. Any parting words? Uh, you got one job. Keep her off of the pole, man. <laughs> and on one that, job. And one on job. that, we will end, man. Good podcast. Uh, good talking to you guys. Indeed. Later. <laughs>